Hey there, enjoying SPO Perspectives? Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. In the official podcast of ASBO International. As we say, the official podcast. And I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell, here along with the esteemed John Bricado. Always resonates well, always resonates well. So <laughs> um, today, as any other day, we have a special guest um, and John will let you know. Yeah, today we have Wanda Erb. Wanda is the business administrator at the Williamsport Area School District in Pennsylvania. And not only is she a well-regarded business official, but she's the incoming vice president of ASBO International. Uh, we got a chance to speak with her a little bit at the conference yep. a few weeks ago. Great and lady. today we just talked to her about her excitement around the vice presidency, what's coming up for her, how she's been involved, and you know, a couple of things that she's done to contribute to the SBA and ASBO International uh, at large. So we hope you enjoy our conversation with Wanda. Today on the podcast, we have Wanda Erb. Wanda is the business administrator at the Williamsport Area School District in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Wanda, welcome to the podcast. We're happy to have you. Hey, Hi. Hi there. I'm happy to be here. And newly Good. elected yep. vice president. I didn't yes. uh, want to let that go either. That's awesome. Congratulations, first and foremost, for that, right? Um, yeah, and also, yeah. it was good seeing you um, in person uh, a couple weeks ago. I can't believe how time flies, right? We're already pretty much on the precipice of November. Um, but with that, you know, if you've heard the podcast before, uh, our mantra is to always allow listeners to get a sense of who we have on, right? So in the beginning here, um, I just wanted, you know, if you can, for everyone out there, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your background experience. Okay. Um, I started in school business probably a little different than many of my colleagues. I was in actually in high school when my high school principal had asked me if I wanted to work part-time in the office during wow. study halls after wow. school or before. And it wasn't through the school system. It was through a different program. But hey, what teenager doesn't want to earn some money, you know? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> we Certainly. don't worry about money. Um, so I took that role. And then he wanted me to come back during my summer breaks and breaks in college. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. He then moved to central office and took a role as curriculum director. Mm. And at that point in time, he said, you're coming to central office this summer. And it was my first experience, my first um, knowledge that there was, even was a business um, office associated with a school district. Yeah. So that's where my career began. And I actually, I joke and say that that's the first time I learned that the superintendent did anything besides basically closed schools for, you know, weather, you know, how we are, we're in the northern right. part of the state where we have lots of snow. And then um, at that point in time, I um, finished my bachelor's degree in business administration and the superintendent's office had an opening as an administrative assistant at that school district. I started my career in education officially there. And then in 1994, when the business manager position came open, I took that position and I spent the next 24 years of my life wow. in Northern Tioga. That is awesome. But six years ago, 
because when I had the opportunity to come here to Williamsport, bigger district, um, yeah. didn't wear quite so many hats. And Williamsport, not to catch up, but Williamsport, is that like where the Little, Little League has played in the past and has like really success? It is. Yeah. That's what I thought because I remember hearing Williamsport and I used to always love Pennsylvania as a kid. I played baseball. Um, but you guys are really renowned. That's awesome. And I know that, um, you know, Pennsylvania really known for such great uh, landscape. I know um, I used to go to Poconos a lot as a kid. And of course, always, you know, sometimes go to Philadelphia. So I, I really like, you know, Pennsylvania. It's a great state. The bell. I enjoy, I, I enjoy it. Um, where I live, I live right on the New York State border, guys. So literally two miles, three miles from my house, I can be in New York. So. Oh, nice. So I so say you're close to us then, kind of, you know, yeah, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, Wanda, you're probably the third person I know now that knew a business office existed before they were out of college. Um, because I, I don't know anybody else, well, two other people, but outside of that, anyone else that had any idea that a business office existed, mm-hmm. let alone a school business official. Yeah. You never thought about it. You know, as a kid, you didn't think about how that teacher was paid or how, how those papers were, you know, those textbooks were purchased. So it was a yeah. great opportunity for me. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the introduction, um, you were recently elected to uh, the vice president seat for ASBO International. Congratulations again. Um, and I don't think that was by accident. You were all over the place. You've been out there. You've been campaigning, you know, postcards, emails, websites. Can you give us an insight into what it was like to campaign for a, such an important seat like that? And, you know, is it what you expected in terms of saying, I want to throw my hat in the ring for, for vice president? Um, what was it like? It was fun. Um, but I got to tell you guys, it was really stressful putting yourself out there, um, mm. you know, you're, you're out there, you're asking, I'm not a politician by any means. I'm not the person out there asking for people necessarily to vote for me, but I knew that I wanted this role. So I had to step okay. out of it. It's also very difficult, especially when you're running against somebody that you respect and, sure. you know, you consider a friend because one of us is not going to be successful. Right. So it was Stressful is what I would say. Um, Was it what I expected? Um, I really don't know what I expected. I just kind of felt that relationships are important. So whenever I am at a conference, whether it be ASBO conference, the state affiliate, or presenting at any type of a conference, I'm always trying to build relationships and uh, meet people. And when you go back to my website and the cards that I sent, things of that nature, I guess my hope was that by receiving that card in the mail, seeing my face, that somebody would say, oh, I remember her. Um, Yeah, I know who she is. I met her at Portland or I met her at um, Orlando even because it's been, you know, I've been attending many of the Athboy events and it wasn't just when I started running for vice president that I started to try to build those relationships in that network. Correct. So um, what'd you say in comparison to you actually coming on the board, if you feel it was more stressful, it was more because of, like you said, uh, the competition and um, I guess the overall importance of the position, right? I would assume. It is. Yes. 
Um, I think, you know, you're, you're looking at it. This is, it's one thing to serve as a director. It's another thing to put yourself out there knowing that there's only one, one position available. Um, as you mentioned, Jack, the competition. Um, and again, it's just so difficult because, you know, um, you're putting yourself out there. Right, of course. Well, now obviously you're happy with the, with you know, the outcome. So I guess my question to you now is, um, what are you looking forward to now? You know, your new role, with the association. You've been on the board for some time now. And now this is the in line soon. You know, following you'll be president. But what's what's on the horizon ahead for you as one national? Okay. Um... I think probably what I'm looking forward to the most is continuing to build relationships and collaborating with our members. I think for ASBO International, we as an organization need to kind of step back, look at the programs that we offer, making sure that we're still relevant and that we are adding value to our, not only just our individual members, but our state affiliates, because our state affiliates are structurally our backbone, um, you know, for our organization. And I think it's important that we work with them to find out how we can better support and serve them, um, supplementing the items that they, you know, the services that they provide so that we can ultimately look at where we're at with um the services that we provide, making sure we're relevant, making sure that we're providing our members with the tools that they need to be able to provide every student um, with at least the opportunity for a quality education. Because we all know every day when we come to work, we're coming to work for those students. That's the reason why yes, we're here. Yes, 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Going back to when I first learned about a school business um, um, office, it was to serve yeah. the students. Yeah. And you had mentioned the state affiliates really being the backbone. And I I think that's very well said. Do you think there could be a better integration with ASBO International and the state organizations? I think that that's something that we need to look at is how we can serve. You know, um, some of them, uh, the state affiliates, the the provinces, et cetera, they're small. They don't have the resources that some of the larger affiliates have. But that's not to say that we can't support the larger affiliates, too. Um, I think there's a lot of ways our federal advocacy program, you know, uh, we have a great program at ASPO International regarding federal advocacy. And I think that um, we can assist the state affiliates, you know, and not just at the federal level, but maybe to help provide tools and some professional development for our members to be able to advocate at the state level. And I know that it was, it was a little while ago we had a boot camp, Alica did a boot yep. camp, well-received. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can support um, our affiliates as well. That's great. That's great. And you as a vice president, do you have official tasks that only the vice president does that you've been assigned? Or what What does that look like? I haven't been assigned anything yet. Oh, good. So you're, you're golden. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two weeks She said yet, you know? right, She right. said yet, maybe... On the horizon. <laughs> yeah, I, I expected. I know Siobhan already told me she'll be sending me out uh, meeting invites and things of that nature. There you um, go. So okay. I expect stuff, you know, coming down the line. Uh, right now, um, working with um, Ryan and Bill and John. It's great. Yeah. So so enjoy the the quiet while you can. I, I doubt it's going to last. I, I'm with you. I think that's probably the case. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but Wanda, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Williamsport, great, great city. Um, and I researched this and saw that there were home to millionaires, the most millionaires per capita than anywhere in the country back in the 1800s due to the lumber barons, which I didn't know about. Um, so, but that was back then. How is the area nowadays? Well, for starters, our mascot is millionaires. So we are the Williamsport millionaires. Uh, See, that, that it goes to show you, right? <laughs> I didn't even know um, that part. Nice. I just have to remind them sometimes that maybe we don't have that flu- the influx of money that we can spend as millionaires. As you said, um, the lumber industry was our um, number one industry back at that time period. And we had a lot of uh, the lumber barons that they're no longer here. So right now, our number one industry is healthcare. When you're looking at our household median um, income, we're about $45,000, far from, you know, um, several millionaires here. Um, And at this point in time, our low income, student low income um, percentage is about 70%. So you can see there's a huge difference in just the the economy here. Um, Going back to that, we still have Millionaire Row, um, which is some of the houses. So we have a trolley at Christmas time that kind of goes up and and they turn the lights up in that area. They also have um, several tours where they could tour some of those homes as well as other wow. Victorian homes and churches Ooh, in the area. That'd be so, fascinating. Awesome. Yeah. Good times. Wanda, you've done many presentations in the past and in particular, we were kind of taking a look at those topics that you've covered. Um, and we looked at, you made a contribution uh, to the association many years ago about industry standard for custodians per square foot, which um, is a really interesting concept because I think it's something that we as school business officials don't necessarily worry about on the front burner all the time, but it's something that I think should be considered um, when just looking at the overall budget and your and your manpower. Um, and you actually provided a calculator that people could use to implement in their own districts. Um, how helpful has this been? Did you get a lot of good feedback from um, this, these kind of calculations and this topic? And um, I guess what was that feedback that you you received through this whole process? I got to be honest with you, I really don't recall the feedback that I necessarily received from well, that was positive, right? um, It was something that someone, I believe, um, had asked for. And this is a formula that came from a fellow PASBA, which is our Pennsylvania Association of School Business Official, uh, okay. that was developed. And it's been used in within our state for many years. And as you mentioned, John, it is very um, helpful when we're looking at our staffing numbers, whether it be, you know, my facilities director comes in and wants to have more staff at a building, or I have a board thinking that we have too many, we have an industry standard formula that we can use and say, you know, this is used across the state of Pennsylvania um, for that. I also teach in um, the school business leadership program through um, as a master's degree program for Wilkes University. And one of the courses that I teach is facilities management. And that's one of the things that I share with our students, that formula. And also um, California ASBO also has another, a similar formula oh, for it. Um, so 
again, I think it's very helpful when we're looking at numbers to be able to have some backup to say this is why we believe we need new people, you know, need additional staff, or this is why we um, feel that it's we, we are overstaffed in one school and understaffed in another. Good stuff. Wow. You know, and I, it's great you said that it's used widely across the state because, and like you said, it can't be disputed, right? You know, if you come up with numbers and they wonder the rationale and your reasoning there, you have it uh, plain as day, which is great. Um, I'm going to see if something we can have like that out here. <laughs> we need that in New York. <laughs> um, you, you can probably, you know, adapt it for your area as well, Jack. Um, it takes into consideration not only the square footage, but also the number of teachers, the number of students, okay. classrooms, what That's good. Sounds good. So there's not just one factor that you're looking at. Okay. I'll hit you up offline afterward, you know, because maybe I'll, I'll um, gather from you <laughs> and then we'll tweak it. That'll be a good thing sure. maybe to bring to our folks. Wow, this is great. You know, John, we just picked up on something on the podcast. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's out of the blue. So, <laughs> a new tool. You know, um, getting back here real quick. So wanted to just kind of circle back to the conference. I know it's been a couple of weeks now, um, and it was a great experience. Um but just from your perspective, because, you know, we know you've been around a lot longer than us and maybe some of our listeners here. Um, what did you get the most out of it? I know you got a lot out of it, but maybe if you could maybe uh, find that granular piece. Um, and then in your words, how would you describe the experience of someone, you know, who didn't make it out there? Because, again, this is also a medium which we could kind of get that message across. Um. Again, you know, I've, I've said it numerous times, the networking and the relationship buildings are some of the best things for me. I love getting back, um, building new relationships, meeting you know, up with old, um, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say old, but colleagues that um, I've met previously, and just the ability to collaborate and chat with them about issues that are happening in our districts and our state, and look, listening to how it's handled in other states, and whether that be a one-on-one conversation with them or attending the professional development opportunities at the workshops, you know. I always come back and always have so many ideas, and unfortunately, you don't get to implement all, all of those ideas, but, you know, when you are there and something is, is discussed, then you can think, you kind of put some of that stuff on the back burner, perhaps, but then when something like that is occurring in your district, you can say, oh, wait a minute. I know I spoke with Jack at the conference and I can reach out and and either get more information from you or, um, you know, uh, find the information that I had. So those are my takeaways. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, What I would say to somebody, um, the conference was fantastic. Um, I was able to attend numerous valuable professional development opportunity to work sessions um, and learn uh, innovative practices from our strategic partners at our new innovation hour. That was a cool event um, in my mind as well. And also just in our exhibit hall, um, reaching out and talking with our vendors and our strategic partners to learn what's happening in the industry. And of course, I can't fail about that networking opportunities. Yeah, I love that too. That's awesome. And I hope that they would be able to come and 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, to have all those opportunities, like you said, to, to speak with the partners, to speak with um, those that are experts in the industry and just your fellow colleagues. I mean, a common theme we've had on this podcast is that we're all dealing with very similar issues, but it's just very fascinating to hear how we're all dealing with them a little bit differently based on what state or province you, you originate from. So it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, and so winding down here a little bit, we wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on Pennsylvania. We've, um, we've had some other guests on from Pennsylvania, including our friend Bob Saul. And we, there's only so many questions we can ask in a 30-minute time span. So given that we have a little bit more time here, uh, we did want to focus in on Pennsylvania and just the school funding and get your take on if you think it's sufficient, is it filling income gaps? And you know, if not, where do you think the state of Pennsylvania could improve in terms of school funding? Okay. Um we are in a situation here in Pennsylvania where in early 2023, the Pennsylvania um, State Supreme Court ruled our um, education funding unconstitutional. So we're currently in the mix of several different hearings trying to help the legislature understand the issues that we have, um, find out the problem and to hopefully come up with a long-term remedy um, to address the inequalities between school districts as well as taxpayers around the Commonwealth. So that's, that's a huge issue for us. It's going to be a lengthy process. I don't really expect to have any answers, you know, in the very near future because I think it's going to cost a lot of money. And then they're going to have to agree to legislature, um, you know, to fund that. And, you know, we were mentioning just the, the diversity between the different states and providences. We have 500 school districts here in Pennsylvania, and they all have different demographics, different needs, right. you know, um, some of those things. And um, our, our, our funding for Pennsylvania does not even address the the increased costs for like mandated costs, like special education, our retirement, our pension system, those things keep going up, 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 and provides us, you know, very little room unless we're going to our local constituents for innovative programs and to add things. And now, you know, we have all of the mental health issues that we're trying to provide money for. Um, it's just hard to keep pace. Yeah, I mean, I guess the silver lining is that there was, it, it was deemed unconstitutional. So I guess that's the first step. But as you as you said, it is probably not going to happen overnight. So <laughs> yeah. But uh, best of luck with, with that whole process. I can't imagine what it's yeah, going to look Yeah, I don't. Like. I, that's what you know. When you asked it, I'm like chuckling. Okay, we're unconstitutional, but we'll continue to break the constitution. Yeah, yeah now, now what? Now right? what is exactly <laughs> the thing, and it's it's going to be a lengthy process. And you know, um, Pennsylvania ASBO is very much involved in the hearings and trying to, to help the legislature understand the concerns that we have from the school district, school district perspective. Well, Wanda, we can't thank you enough yes, for your Wanda. time. And, you know, with every guest that we have on, we always like to offer the opportunity for our guests to impart some advice on our listenership. So Wanda, whether you're sitting across from a brand new school business official who's three days on the job or somebody who's been in the seat their entire career, what piece of advice can you offer today? I think it's one that I've heard numerous times um, at the end of your podcast, John. Uh, 
is to get involved. Get involved at the local level with your local groups, um, your Pennsylvania, or your uh, state affiliates, your province affiliates, and ASBO International. We are not in this alone. Um, and it's always great to be able to have someone that you can reach out to. And when you build those networks and those relationships, it's the best advice that I can give to somebody. It's solid. That's my life. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I've said that before. It's my lifeline. I don't know how... I, I don't believe that I would be where I'm at in my career, definitely with ASBO International, if I didn't start early. And one of the first things I started in December and in March, I was I was at a Pennsylvania ASBO conference. So, yeah. yeah. And there's a reason many people have given that advice because it is, like you said, it's a lifeline to have that network. It's it's crucially important, crucially important. But uh, very well said, Wanda, and, and, and thank you so much for yes. your time today. We really appreciate you carving some time out for us and just uh, sharing your experience. And best of luck in uh, in your new role as vice yes. president. Of thank you. Any, it was great talking Wanda. with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. You have a great afternoon. Take care. Thank you again for tuning in to SBO's Perspective. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with Wanda today. Uh, very excited for her to uh, take over the vice presidency. She's got a lot of great ideas. Again, uh, really focused on taking those state affiliates and melding them together with ASBO International. Seems to be a theme on the board that we've we've gathered over our few conversations. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, absolutely am. And I just add that, you know, her her background um, is just, it just goes to show you that like how, you know, what she mentioned networking, it's just so powerful. It's paramount yeah. to really, you know, your future success. Um, and then, you know, I thought was most intriguing about this too is um, when you talk to folks like we have all across the country and the world, um, just the history of Williamsport, yep. you know, and not just history of her background, her experience is great, but her being here, I guess, the past six years she mentioned, and how, you know, the Millionaire's Row and everything out there, yeah, and how yeah. it all ties the community and the support, you know, for the kids. And ultimately, that's what it's all about, right? So um, it was great having her on. Hopefully, yeah, you yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.